Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report, and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Are you confused about just how and when to get a COVID booster shot? Well, you aren't alone. Last week, the California Department of Public Health updated its guidance on booster shots, telling providers to let people judge their own needs for a shot and not turn anyone away. But many are finding the online appointment systems aren't making getting a booster vaccination easy. KQED's Carly Severin has more. Official advice is pretty much everyone should get a booster ahead of the holidays. But if you're trying to make an appointment, systems including the state's own MyTurn website still ask if you qualify under the CDC's original criteria, such as age or health. And that's making some folks anxious about not being truthful. The state says my turn will be updated to reflect the new guidance by Wednesday. In the meantime, their official advice is to speak to your provider or find a walk-in clinic. But whatever you do, you won't be asked for proof of eligibility to get your booster. For the California Report, I'm Carly Severn. Stanislaus County is the latest county to lift its indoor mask mandate for those who are fully vaccinated. County public health officials there had required people to wear masks indoors, regardless of vaccination status, back in September. But they say improving COVID numbers are the reason for lifting the order. Health officials continue to urge the public, though, to get vaccinated. Currently, 61% of residents 12 and older have received at least one dose of the vaccine in Stanislaus County. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is scheduled to join Port of Los Angeles officials this morning to discuss the latest on the backups and supply chain delays. This comes a day after the port's executive director, Gene Soroka, announced he's postponing fines for shipping companies. The fines were going to be levied for letting shipping containers stack up at terminals. The so-called container dwell fee was approved last month as a way to help alleviate a backlog of ships that had interrupted the global supply chain. Now they won't be charged until at least November 22nd. For now, port personnel will monitor the docks to see how much improvement they can get without having to levy the fines. Since the fines were announced in late October, the twin ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach have seen a 26% decline in cargo on the docks. With President Biden signing the massive infrastructure bill yesterday, the numbers are in on exactly how much California will receive. The bulk of the money, more than $25 billion over five years, is being allocated to repair roads that are in poor condition. Nearly $8 billion will be used to repair bridges and improve water infrastructure. Another $84 million will help with wildfire protection after California suffered through destructive and deadly wildfires in recent years. And Governor Gavin Newsom says the infrastructure package will not only kickstart work on numerous transportation projects in the state, it'll also create thousands of jobs. After the pandemic hit in 2020, more than two and a half million jobs were lost in California. And the state has a ways to go before that employment comes back. But maybe like me, you've seen a lot of help-wanted signs out there in recent months, especially at restaurants, stores, and in the hospitality industry. And there's a lot of talk about something called the Great Resignation. Basically, workers are feeling confident enough about their job prospects to leave employment they already have to look for something better. 
Get this, in August alone of this year, more than 400,000 Californians quit their jobs. It was a 20-year high for that number. So, given all that, I wanted to see what hiring looks like now and what workers are thinking as they look for new jobs. So, I went to a jobs fair. All right, so good morning and welcome to the Legends Job Fair. After you go through your security screening, you'll come and check in at the check-in table. You'll scan the QR code for the specific job application that you would like to apply for today. And once again, good morning and welcome. Come on in. I've come to SoFi Stadium. It's the brand new NFL arena in Inglewood that's home to the Los Angeles Rams and Chargers. But this morning, jobs, not sports, are front and center. The stadium is looking for about 2,000 workers for both full and part-time positions, from cooks and bartenders to security guards and guest attendants. 24-year-old Palestina Washington has come here with high hopes. She's currently a home health care worker, but is tired of the low pay and is ready for a change. What are you looking for job-wise right now? Uh, just an, the next adventure. You know, each job is supposed to be something new, something uncharted, and I've never worked for a stadium. I would like to see what that life is like. And this is a great opportunity, too, because it's fresh. And it's screaming for help. <laughs> screaming for help. They're looking for a lot of people, to hire a lot of people here. So if you say you can't get a job, you're not looking hard enough. In this economy right now? Right now, as of right now, yes. So I may ask, what is the bare minimum for you uh, when you're looking for a new job now? Whether it's pay or uh, time off, what's an absolute must-have for you right now? Benefits. Health know, and... Dental, vision, you know, the basics. And pay, if I can ask, could I assume something that's north of $20 an hour would be? Yeah, something, something that's livable. Yeah. Something where you could put food on the table, keep yeah, a roof over your head. still have a little bit of change for gas. A little bit of change for gas. It is L.A. after all. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> for a wider view about the California labor market right now, I talked to Jaime Sedano. He helps run a union-backed training academy for workers in the hospitality field and co-organized this hiring fair. Sedano says the situation for workers has changed enormously in recent months, mostly for the good, as businesses recovering from the pandemic roll out the welcome mat for new hires. The fact that so many places shut down and so many businesses actually had to you know, close their doors, uh, this shows that you know, we're, we're opening back up, we're getting ready to bring the community back to work. I think that folks here standing in line for a job are in a stronger position to get what they want from employers than they would have been before the pandemic, just the way the job market is right now. Absolutely. The reason why the market is so strong is because there is a lot of people that still can't or won't go back to work. Uh, and these folks have the ability to almost, you know, get what they want because there, there's so many more jobs than people right now. They got leverage right now. Correct. And people who actually get a, a gig here, who walk out of here, or will hear about a job that they can get here, will be paid from what to what, generally speaking? $16 and above. 16 up to $22. It really depends on the position. Uh, some so position. above California minimum. Oh, absolutely above California minimum. And that's kind of the norm now. And that is the norm, and especially working in a union environment with certain contracts. Once you work enough hours, you do qualify for benefits also. 
But Sedano acknowledges that even with higher pay and more benefits, many Californians with new jobs will still struggle to get by because of the high cost of living in the state and growing inflation that's taking a bigger bite out of paychecks. And we'll note that California still has a fairly high official unemployment rate at 7.5%, and some studies indicate it's higher. But the people at this stadium jobs fair are hopeful that a new job, here or someplace else, will provide them with fresh starts. As she comes out of her employment interview, I run into Palestina, Washington again and ask how it went. I think it went really good. I like what I was hearing. The people seem friendly. They're, they seem like they, they want to teach you something more than what you know. So. And when do you think you're going to hear something back from them? Uh, they said within two weeks. And that will be my congratulations. Thank you for joining the team. Oh, so you could literally have a, a gig here yeah. within two weeks. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul? for 30 years, or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles. The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1950s and 60s, the United States created its modern freeway and highway system. It was an engineering marvel, but it also brought pain and injustice, like when poor communities of color literally saw their neighborhoods paved over, forcing residents to move. A new investigation by the Los Angeles Times reports that kind of displacement still happens today when new infrastructure is built. I spoke with Times reporter Liam Dillon, who covers neighborhood change for the Times, about the new findings. So we have national data from the Federal Highway Administration that we analyzed that said uh, more than 200,000 people across the country had been displaced by road projects over the past three decades. And what we found in the projects that we were able to examine, we looked at uh, 22 of them across across five states, including California, of course, is that you know nearly two thirds of these projects had displacements that disproportionately affected Black and now Latino communities. And so these original patterns that we saw in the 50s and 60s in many ways are still being replicated to this day. And, and I assume with the passage of this massive new infrastructure legislation that looking ahead, there are concerns that even more of this could happen in the future. Well, that's the thing. You know, U.S. Uh, Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has talked a lot about the racist history of highway construction and that it's incumbent upon the administration to sort of do something about that. And they tout that in the bill, um, you know, a billion dollars that was allocated or that's been allocated 
to sort of reconnect communities, what they call it, kind of tear down freeways and do things that uh, aim to fix some of the harms that occurred a half century ago. However, here's the sort of the rub with that. There's hundreds of billions of dollars um, in that bill that is, you know, mostly unrestricted that could go to State Department of Transportation, where they could use that to further expand uh, the highway network and continue to displace more people. What about the argument, hey, you know, it affects some people negatively. That's terrible. Maybe they can get some sort of market value for their homes if they're living in, in homes or be resettled in new apartments. But what do you say to the people who say that, as terrible as it is, is a reasonable price to pay for expanding our freeways so it's easier to get from point A to point B to point C? What about that argument? Right. And you sort of see this well as, you know, yet this is unfortunate, but sort of the price of progress, right? Like that's the argument that's being made. The issue, though, is that, you know, there's now a substantial amount of academic research that indicates that new road building and freeway widenings doesn't actually ease the congestion problems that they sort of are aimed to solve. And I think, you know, obviously California or LA or Southern California listeners specifically would be aware of the Interstate 405 widening through Sepulveda Pass, you know, seven years ago, this was the, you know, famed Carmageddon example, right? Where, where they closed, where they closed the entire freeway down for, for freeway expansion work. Right. To Adelaide, yeah, right, exactly. And what we found, and I think drivers on the 405 know this very well, you know, we're just within a year of completion, rush hour traffic was just as tied up right on the 405. And what happens is, you know, when you widen freeways, it it can increase traffic because it leads to sort of housing development along the fringes and encourages more vehicle trips. And so, you know, this progress, I suppose, that's being touted in these freeway projects doesn't necessarily come to fruition. And so that's another question about why we're asking families. And again, the families affected the first time and neighborhoods affected the first time to once again sacrifice for solutions that may not, uh, that may not ultimately solve the problems that everyone says they will. So what you're saying is you both eradicate neighborhoods and communities without necessarily solving the gridlock problem. Exactly. Hmm. Again, that's Los Angeles Times reporter Liam Dillon. After leading the state through two of its worst wildfire seasons on record, Cal Fire Chief Tom Porter has announced he will retire before the end of this year. Cap Radio's Scott Rod reports. In an email to department staff, Porter said he was retiring to focus on family, his aging parents, and himself. Governor Gavin Newsom appointed Porter in January of 2019. His tenure was shorter than previous department leaders, but Porter steered Cal Fire through record-setting wildfire seasons driven by decades of poor forest management and climate change. He at times struck a somber tone about the state's wildfire crisis. Here he is at a press conference in August. Every acre in California can and will burn someday. Just make sure that you're ready when it does. As chief, Porter placed a greater emphasis on the need for fire prevention, including forest thinning and prescribed burning. However, the state has made inconsistent progress towards its ambitious goals. For The California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. And that is the California Report for Tuesday, November 16th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. 
on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 